Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, Sasquatch and Wildcard Casino, they have a new giveaway, and this thing is awesome. They're going to give you up to $17,777 or up to $30,000 towards the lease or a purchase of an applicable vehicle from Omera Ford. Grand prize drawings are January 22nd and 23rd. You can get finalist entries every half hour from 10 a.m. until midnight during their daily cash drawings or by redeeming players' points. With that, we're going to give you, I don't know, $200 a slot play in the second hour of the show. First four callers are going to get 50 bucks each. If you have one in the past, you're not eligible to win again. While you're up there, you know, play some slots. Maybe you do it on us. Win that gift card. Get involved in trying to win that Omera Ford and check out their sports book as well. With that, Mace, how are you? I'm doing very well. Like, how low do the slots go at uh, up up there in Blackhawk at Sasquatch? Well, I'm a high roller. I'm I'm usually about a thousand dollars a pull. No, no, really. you. It's I, I I can't imagine. I mean, I've played there a lot, a lot. But, but I, there, are there like quarter slots? Oh yeah. So you literally can get 800 pulls if you want to. Yes. Yeah, but I usually your arm might be tired, but you can get 800 pulls. Well. In in today's day and age, there aren't the one arm bandits. I you, know. They impress it, and they have you know, yeah, whales tails, <laughs> and they have wheel of fortune, and oh. you're just really pressing buttons. That's okay. what you're doing. Oh, the wheel of fortune one. Oh my gosh, they had. Do you like that one? N- no, I have a nightmare about it because oh. I was in Las Ve- the Las Vegas airport. You know how Southwest Airlines some has, sometimes has some unusual connections, unusual layovers. Well, I had a layover in Vegas, and my flight was delayed. And, of course, they have the slots right there on the concourse. And so for about three hours, all you're hearing is Wheel of Fortune sound effects. Do-do-do-do. Do-do-do-do. Right. And, yeah, like, just thinking about that gives me the shakes. Well, it's funny because anytime you walk into a casino, you hear this for sure. You you have that. I'm fine with that. And then you always have the lady on oxygen sitting next to the Kino machine. Every single casino has one of those. Yeah. Other than that, it's totally up for grabs. My grandmother used to play, and she used to like to play the penny slots. Mm-hmm. And my mother, who wasn't you get two thousand of those for oh. So my my grand my mother said to my grandmother, "Oh no, twenty thousand actually for two hundred dollars." Why do you play the penny slots? You, you know, you're not going to get any kind of payout if you hit. My grandmother said, "Well, I get to play longer." So, I mean, if you want to have, you know, whatever pennies are made out of copper, if you want to have that all over your hands for weeks and you want to play one penny at a time, knock yourself out. It literally costs more than a penny to make a penny. Having pennies is not cost effective in this society anymore. No. Time now for the lead. 
The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Go get some tonight in Denver, Centennial, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. All right, no surprise, Pat Sertan is up for the Rookie of the Week award. His teammate, Javante Williams, up for the award as well. With that, it seems like every game, one or two, even more rookies are making huge contributions for the Broncos. Can you remember a season, you and I have been covering the Broncos roughly for the same amount of time, 15, 16 years, where multiple rookies every single game have made an impact, have made splash plays. I'm not talking about the guy who is starting, okay? There's a difference. Just because a guy starts, because a guy starts means he's probably the best guy on the team at that position, but it doesn't mean he's going to be making splash plays. Shaquille Barrett was an excellent example of a guy when he was here. Even though he didn't start, he would consistently make splash plays. Caden Stearns makes splash plays. Pat Sertan does it. And actually, Javante and, Williams does and it. And with Barrett, it wasn't as a rookie. It was actually his first year, but his rookie season was been on the practice squad. Right, but yeah. I'm saying in general, I'm talking about plays that you remember and say, wow. Like, I look at a guy like Jerry Judy this year, and he's a terrific young wide receiver. How many splash plays has he really made this year? Where he said, wow, that really made a difference. And I'm not calling out Jerry Judy. I could have picked any name on the roster. He really looked like he was. He made an, the splash play when he got, literally when he got hurt. Right. But what I'm saying is, we have seen it this season from Sertan in multiple games, Javante Williams, Caden Stearns, Baron Browning, Jonathan Cooper. Am I missing anybody? Quinn Miners doesn't make splash plays necessarily. Well, he He's an had, offensive lineman. He had, a, he had a couple of pancakes there. So, oh, you know what? For an O lineman, that's a splash play. And you know what? He also pushed Javante. He also pushed was it Javante Williams or yes. somebody into the end zone? So he's had some splash plays. With that, can you remember a season? Where so many guys had splash plays. You know what? For in Broncos history, you have to go all the way back to 1989. Okay. Bobby Humphrey, running back. Mm-hmm. Steve Atwater, safety. Those are two guys. But the, as far as guys making big plays, I'm talking the, that's, diff, that's making right. difference making plays. You have to. That, that's how far back you have to go. That's 32 years. That's fine. That's two guys. I know one guy's in the Hall yeah. of Fame. But 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 when you looked at Steve Atwater in your rookie season, you didn't say this guy's ticketed for the Hall of Fame. That's you looked at him and said this guy's going to be a Pro Bowler and he's going to he's going to be a, a very good player for a long time. Okay. Well, honestly, and basically, and, that, and that's what you might be able to say about Pat Sertan right now. Right. And then Javante, and then Javante Williams. I mean, you can say similar things as you said about Bobby Humphrey. The thing, the, the thing is, you get beyond that. It didn't have the same level of uh, depth, right? That it does. I mean, Baron Browning was fantastic in the last game against the Chargers. Jonathan Cooper had himself a game a couple of games ago. I just can't remember a rookie class where you look at it and say, "Wow." And all of these guys, well, 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 not all of them, while some of them are only starting because of injury. Cooper is starting or is playing more because of injury. Browning is playing because of injury. Miners is playing because of injury. Caden Stearns played in the last game because of injury. But you can make the case they have proven enough where they are better than the guys they replaced. Even Stearns. Yeah. See, like Stearns has made some big plays, and he had a solid game on Sunday. But I'm, I'm, I think what you learned on Sunday is that he's a good successor 
at a much lower price for Kareem Jackson. But I wouldn't sit there and say, based on what he did on Sunday, he's better than Kareem Jackson no, right now. No, at the end of the day. But you know he's going to get – but he's going to be a starter next year. And when you're trying to make your, your off-season decisions, that's basically saying, all right, well, we're not going to have to pay $5 million to Kareem Jackson next year. Don't want to get too excited about one draft. But at the end of the day, what a start for George Payton. When you look at this draft and say, man, I, I look at George Payton's first year the way I look at Tim Conley in his first three, four years as the GM. You say to yourself, man, this guy knows how to spot talent. And for Tim Conley, that was nothing more than his first couple of years, a foreshadowing of things to come. What if indeed this is a foreshadowing of things to come? Now, I understand finding the quarterback is the most important thing, but extrapolating that out even more, if this guy has an eye for spotting talent, what in the world makes you think he doesn't have the, an eye for spotting a quarterback? Well, I mean... Don't tell me about John Elway because John Elway wasn't that great in the draft. Overall, he was not. He had the number two pick with Von Miller. Other than that, how many Pro Bowlers did he have? If ever, if if sp- always spotting a quarterback was something that was uh, that was a skill that many possessed, you wouldn't have the quarterback crisis that you would in the NFL with no, a lot of teams. No, no, and I understand yeah. that. But when you see a guy like Peyton, who can obviously spot talent in the draft, and oh, by the way, spot fr- not necessarily free agent talent but spot talent on other teams, and then you make trades for them. I can't think of a GM uh, since I have been here that has had a better first year of evaluating talent. I'm not suggesting in two, three years we're not changing our tune. But when it comes to the trade deadline, when it comes to free agency this past offseason, when it comes to the draft, I can't think of anybody who has had a more impactful first year on the job it, i can't either but that being said if i were if i were george payton sitting here i and actually if he were sitting here he would probably give you an answer that says something like well everybody's going to have misses over time i'm, I'm not asking for the and standard line and he's absolutely right yeah just, oh. just because just because you have oh, you know what i'm all double sixes consistently just because you've been hitting on 17 and getting and getting an ace or two or three. Mace. That doesn't mean you're going to keep Mace. doing that. Let's role play for a second. I'll be, I don't know, a reporter. I'll call myself me. And you can be George Payton. I'll tell you what my exact response would be to that. What? So I'll ask you the question. I'll say to you, George, you've had a fantastic first year. I cannot remember. In all the years I've been covering Denver sports, a guy hitting it so well. I'm not suggesting three years from now we're not changing our tune. But in the first year with the draft, free agency, and making trades. I think you might have had the best first year of any decision maker, talent evaluator, GM that I can remember in the 15 plus years I've been in Denver. Thank you. You have a question? No, I'm just making a comment. But I, the, the reason why I'm making that comment is you said to me you were going to say what back to me if you were George Payton. Yeah, and I. But if you had, if you had a question kind of involving that, and well, not, no, no. Well, but what's your answer, what's your answer back to me? I'd say thank you, but you know, at the same time, you have to take the you take the highs with the lows. That's because right. You're gonna you're gonna have some great years. You're gonna have some years that don't turn out so well. And you know what? And they end up bound. And you know, you just hope you have more of the former than the latter. And you know what I would say back to you, which is George. What? Uh. You might as well take the compliments now because, believe me, the criticism will be coming. So enjoy it while you can get it. And you know what? You mentioned quarterback. And if you hit on all this but you don't hit on the quarterback, 
what good is it? I agree. Your your well, it depends on the type of quarterback you get. I suppose if you but if you if you if you don't find a top level quarterback, right? Then you're basic. Then all this talent is going to mean you're picking in the middle in every draft that you're going to go seven and ten to ten and seven every year. Well, you're probably right, but then again, never bad enough to get a big to get a, to get an elite pick. I am not going to disagree, but we have seen over the course of history, although it is rare, if you can build a suffocating historic defense, and if for some reason uh, George Payton has drafts where Cooper and and uh, Caden Stearns and Browning all turn out to be hits, and he keeps compiling those guys, and they become a historic defense. We have seen you don't have to have the greatest quarterback out there. It doesn't happen often, but it can happen. But my point is, if this guy knows how to evaluate offense, listen, he's pretty good at uh, evaluating offensive linemen, don't you think? Took a small kid out of a small school, did pretty well. No, so traded up to get a running back out of North Carolina. A lot, so, of, a lot of people did like Quinn Miners, though, especially coming out of the Senior Bowl. But he's the one who got him. Right. He's the one who got him. That's the bottom line. And he got Javante Williams. Some felt he was the best pick in the draft, traded up to get him. So you know he know, understands the skill positions are right. And then you go to... Oh, line skill. Then you go to more skill position, okay? He's hit it on offensive line, something that John Elway really couldn't do. Hit it on... Running back, something that John Elway really couldn't do. Hit it on linebacker, which John Elway had a difficult time doing. Not so, really, though, because remember that with, with linebacker, they got Dane Trevathan in the late rounds. The thing with linebacker, hold on, they got stop, they got they, stop, they got stop. Brandon Marshall off of the waiver wire. They got Todd Davis off of the waiver wire. The thing at linebacker is the Broncos actually that was a position that they were very good at, especially with finding quality players in the the nooks and crannies of the player acquisition I, process. Mace, let, let's let everybody see the little man behind the curtain. So let's be honest with our yeah, listeners with what I'm a, about to say. That's a scout recommendation. Thank you. And that, that's you what have to it listen is. to that. But that's, that, that's, but that's part of the whole process here. Fine. And you know what? George Payton's very good at listening to his scouts as well. And he found himself a safety. And he got himself a stud uh, cornerback as well. The point is, he's hit pretty much every chess piece on the board, but he hasn't tried quarterback yet. I have the confidence in him that he might because it seems like he has covered pretty much everything else. I'm not sitting waving the flag, my, my blue and orange flag, and I'm this big Broncos fan. I'm just going to give credit where credit is due because you know why? Because I'm not going to be shy about giving the criticism either. So accept the criticism, enjoy it, because or enjoy the compliments because the criticism might be coming as well. Maybe people enjoy the criticism. They might. Maybe they're masochists. Yeah. Coming up after the break, how do you like all the turnover in college football? Who would have ever thought in 2021, Notre Dame, LSU, Oklahoma, and USC would all have head coaching vacancies? Well, they do or did. Some of them are filled. Some guys have left. But I think a lot of people are questioning Brian Kelly, chance to potentially play for a national championship. Why in the hell did he leave South Bend to go to LSU? I talked to some people in college football today, and they gave me a very pragmatic, logical answer on why Kelly left. And you know what? It actually makes sense to me. That's next.
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. Reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Mighty Plumbing and Heating. Why does Mighty Plumbing and Heating have nearly 155-star reviews? No one has better service and they will meet or beat any written offer. Go to MightyPH.com. In all my years of watching and covering college football, I cannot remember a year in which so many high-profile jobs have been open. Brian Kelly has left Notre Dame to be the head coach at LSU. Lincoln Riley, you know, left Oklahoma for USC. Okay, so USC, LSU have been filled. Notre Dame and Oklahoma are now open. The topic of the day is specifically about Brian Kelly. Lincoln Riley, and let's face it, Oklahoma was likely not going to make the championship game. He won't be there for the bowl game. But people are criticizing Brian Kelly for leaving Notre Dame with a chance to play for a national title. Where are you on this knowing, let's be honest, and let's not be naive, it is a business. It's a business, but, uh, you know, how can you ask for loyalty for from your players when you bail on them when their season may still have relevant games left to play? Won't disagree at all. Yeah. I, I think that a lot of, frankly, but this, but this is also a guy who uh, – you know, but, he, kept, he kept the student up in the cherry picker, and they and and the student got killed. So I'm not sure Brian Kelly's ethics here are uh, exactly quality. With that, let's just take that out of the equation. Oh well, you can't because this is just it's who he is. Okay, I don't th- I don't think very much of him, and I didn't think much of him before, and I still don't. With that, I can <laughs> completely understand why Brian Kelly is now the LSU's head coach. I understand it a hundred percent, and you know what? I think most people would agree with me the way I'm about to lay this out. The coaches wanted the recruiting signing period to start early, if you remember. Yes. The recruiting sign the recruiting period has already begun. And by the way, with Lincoln Riley, they're missing a ball game. And they might be going to a major ball game. With that That's just as important to those kids as maybe Notre Dame playing in the national semifinals. You're playing in a big game. You're getting a chance to go on a trip, play a major game. You're being wined and dined. It's on national television. I understand there's a difference. And also, don't forget, we're in an environment where a lot of players who have draft aspirations are going to opt out of said games. There, There we go. So, again, if we're being completely honest about it, if we're being completely honest about it, uh, Spencer Rattler, who was the starting quarterback from Oklahoma, let's say he had a great season, okay? And he was expected to be a top five pick. I can see him very easily walking up to Lincoln Riley and saying, I'm not going to play. And that's and look, that's and that's fine. Again, we're talking about the difference between a game where you've got title implications and one where you don't. 
Like you're bold. So you have no problems with what Lincoln Riley did? No, not at all. Okay. Again, and it, most it's, people it's, don't. It's different. It believe it is different. Now, if Notre Dame had a second loss already and they were looking at playing in uh, in in a bowl game, and I, the thing is, bowls are basically outside of the playoff. They're glorified exhibitions at this okay. point. So yeah. So I want to I want to get yeah. you on the record right now. Today is November thirtieth. I want to get you on the record right now. Yeah. If Notre Dame does not make it into the college football program uh, playoff, you're totally okay with Brian Kelly leaving. If he'd left right after that, yes. No, no. No, because they're, they're still in the mix. They're basically, I mean, but, but, but he, but he there has, are basically six teams still in the mix, he has and no they're con- one of them. But there's a difference. That, I know they have no control over it. It's based, that, that's, on, that's my it's point. based on other results. That, that's my point. But you're still practicing as though, yeah, you might be this week. You're still going through things as though you might be in the playoff. No, you're practicing whether you're in the playoff or not because you're getting ready for a bowl game. You're practicing no matter what. But you might have seen a few players that have NFL draft aspirations saying we're pulling out. It's the moment you're out of the mix for a championship, the and and the season is over and the regular season is over. The dynamic changes. That's you know you say like people would be like, where's the line in the sand? That's the line in the sand. Notre Dame is in this situation because many college football coaches wanted to start the early signing period in mid to late December. It used to be the signing period was basically the first week of February. Years ago, it was moved back to December. I'm guessing a lot of people don't even know that. But I can understand Brian Kelly's point of view on this, which is, yeah, he can coach Notre Dame potentially in a playoff game. He could po- coach them in a bowl game. But at the end of the day, now that he's, he knows he's going to be moving on to a new team, a new school, and he's getting a boatload of money, something that Notre Dame, despite their huge contract with NBC, was not willing to offer. Which probably says a lot there about you. how they value him. I think there th- th- their perspective might is probably that maybe Brian Kelly has taken us as far as he can. Oh. And isn't, wor- and isn't worth the kind of Godzilla contract that Kelly is getting or that Lincoln Riley got. Well, then you know what? Then I'd have no loyalty to Notre Dame if they felt that way about me. So, so screw you. I'm going to go someplace where I'm appreciated. And you know what else I'm going to do? But coaching is about asking that of your kids. Too. No, no, I, I, I understand that. This, listen, uh, Brian Kelly isn't Bobby Petrino who left notes in a locker. Okay? Big difference. I mean, at least he came back to Notre Dame. But did you see how like the guys found out about it? A note on the Teamworks app. Yes, because, because it leaked to the media. That's why, because it leaked and we live in a, uh, a social environment. We live in a social media environment where this stuff is going to leak. 20 years ago, that wouldn't have happened. But I digress. He's going to be the head coach of LSU no matter what. And he, he wants to get as many good players as he can for LSU. How in the world can he recruit for LSU and still coach Notre Dame in a potential playoff game? You can't. You can't. So you have to make a decision. What's interesting is that you. No, have- no I want. I want you to address that. I want yeah. because because what do you do if you're Brian Kelly? Are you saying I'm going to give up the early signing period on my first year on the job, and I'll coach my kids at Notre Dame, even though Notre Dame probably thinks I've taken the team as far as I can go. They have more money, excuse the pun, than God because of the NBC contract. They didn't want to give it to me. So I'm going to get a I'm going to get a jump on my recruiting. So, should he be loyal to the kids that he's been coaching even though it's a business 
or completely potentially sacrifice the early signing period to get the best kids? Where's your loyalty? It's a tough one because you can make an argument for both. You can make the argument for both based on the rules that exist. I do remember that Scott Frost uh, back at Central Florida, even though it wasn't a playoff game, he coached his team in the bowl and then went to Nebraska. And what bowl? Who was he coaching before that? Central Florida. Central Florida, which honestly, which honestly isn't competing with Alabama. And it wasn't a play. It wasn't a playoff game. And so he actually, he actually, he actually had every reason to go to Nebraska. Right. Then, and he decided, and he waited until after the game. And you know what? Good for him. You may, but you can argue that maybe Scott Frost been paying the price ever since because Nebraska to this day hasn't gotten going. That's true. Maybe he sacrificed that early signing period. I doubt that he did. Just Nebraska is not very good. But I digress. When you are competing, is Brian with- Kelly going to coach LSU in the bowl game they go to? I doubt it. Yeah, that's the, the and that alone kind of tells you it tells you everything right no, there. No, because their head coach stayed through the entire year. Ed, Coach Ed, stayed through the season. My point is this, is that I can understand why he wants to get a jump on recruiting. You are competing with Alabama. Ed Orgeron's not coaching in the whole game, by the way. I don't know who is. But, well, that, but that's, that, that's the point. Like To me, like if, if, if Brian Kelly's taking the job, he should go coach him in the game. Well, he, well that, again, we're getting yeah. sidetracked here. I but it's just how. Ha- but this is all part of and parcel of the same thing. College football is the most screwed up major sport in this country. In terms of how it's adjudicated, how it how it decides its champion, everything it is well, mess. It is messed up. The NCAA buckled to the coaches because that's what the coaches wanted. Because let's be honest, the coaches care more about themselves than their kids. Let's just agree that that is the case. Because at the end of the day, we see it every single year. If we believe that that the coaches really truly care about their kids more than their own future success and money, you're kidding yourself. The only guy I can think of that might not feel that way is Matt Campbell at Iowa State. Other than that, everybody's pretty much in the same pot. I'll tell you the interesting thing that's going going around in all this is who's one of the potential successors to Brian Kelly at Notre Dame? A name being tossed around. It's Luke Fickle yeah. at Cincinnati, right? which has a playoff spot and is going to play on Saturday to preserve that playoff spot. Coming up after the break, Tiger Woods had a press conference today, the first one since he got into that near-fatal car accident back in February. He revealed some very interesting things at his press conference, including his leg almost had to be amputated, and his career playing golf could be over. Over. That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us at mileisports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Colorado Off-Road in Littleton. 
If you need major accessory brands or something off-market for your truck, car, Jeep, or SUV, they've got it. Upfit today at Colorado Off-Road or go to cooffroad.com. Tiger Woods held a press conference today, the first one since his near-fatal one-car accident back in February. He said it was on the table for doctors to amputate his leg following that car crash. He was in the hospital. He was uh, in a hospital bed. Excuse me. He was in a hospital for three weeks and in a hospital bed for three months. This is what he said about his career moving forward. I don't foresee this leg ever being what it used to be. Hence, I'll never have back what it used to be and the clock's ticking and I'm getting older. All that combined means that a full schedule and a full practice schedule and the recovery that it would take to do that, I don't have any desire to do that. I haven't proven it to myself that I can do it. Yeah, I can show up here and I can host an event and I can play a par three course and hit a few shots. I can chip and putt. But okay, now we're talking about going out there and playing against the best in the world on the most difficult courses under the most difficult conditions. I am so far from that. I have a long way to go to get to that point. I haven't decided whether I want to get to that point. At the risk of sounding completely overdramatic, Tiger Woods's career is a minus the death, okay? So let's take that mm-hmm. off the table. He didn't die. His career has been a Shakespearean tragedy. The highs have been as high as you can get, and the lows have been nothing short of breathtaking. And I thought to myself, after I put that question in the show notes, would you ever want to trade lives with him? And don't say no, because I have a great daughter, and I love my wife, and I like my I'm saying, looking at his life as a whole, the greatest of heights and some pretty significant lows, would you want to trade places with him? And now his golf career at 46 quite frankly, is likely over. Yeah, see, the, the way he was talking, it's going to be tough for him to even kind of walk around the course. My guess is we'll probably see him win some senior events where you don't have to walk the course. That's so funny you should say that because when you were saying that, I was thinking of, and this is going way back to the 1970s, a kid by the name of Casey Martin yeah. who had a very bad leg and he could only ride in the PGA Tour. The stuffy bastards that they are said, we're not going to make an exception for you. You have to walk. Right. Like, I've, as for your question about your about life, I mean, the, the highs and lows, He's also got, you know, immense resources, immense financial security. Right. And he's he has experienced the highs. I mean, I mean, but you, you're saying that you experienced the, you, there's the, the sex addiction and all that stuff that goes publicly humiliated <laughs> yeah. in the tabloids. And then he sat on a hospital bed for three months. Listen, it could yeah. have been a hell of a lot worse. I can't even imagine what type of recovery it was for him to even get up and do this press when, conference when, today. When that accident happened, I think all of us did think the worst. When you and when it when the news broke that day, at the risk of sounding trite and doing something that is so incredibly cliche, when you look at the most important figures in the history of sports, and you have a Mount Rushmore, is Tiger Woods there? You would have Jackie Robinson there, and you would have Jesse Owens there. You can make the case Muhammad Ali would be there. Yeah, Give me a guy who would replace Tiger Woods. 
By the way, you know Michael what's interesting? Jordan? No, not like Tiger Woods. Not like Tiger Woods. Really? No, because Tiger Woods uh, started an entire generation of golf. Kids were still playing basketball. What Michael Jordan did was he helped globalize the brand into China with Nike and so on and so forth. Financially, he was incredibly influential because want to be like Mike and the commercials and Air Jordans. I get that. But Tiger Woods started an entire generation of not only kids playing golf, but black kids playing golf. That's fair, but I would also say that uh, just the, the impact of a golfer on on society is probably not going to be as great as the impact of a great basketball player like Michael Jordan. I think you could make the case that at the height of their powers, if those guys walked planet Earth, I think as many people would recognize Tiger Woods as Michael Jordan. And it's, that's, part of it is you play an individual sport. I mean, they're probably you can say that for, for tennis players, for example. You can... You can like globally speaking, you could say that Roger Federer is recognized as Tiger Woods. Well, no, no, he's not. No, not no, no, he's not. He's he's a great player. He's you know, not Cristiano he's not. Ronaldo. You can Lionel Messi. We start naming soccer players. Oh, okay, yeah. we, we can't, but not here. Because if we're gonna, yeah, because not, not, not here in the United soccer, States. Yeah, not here in the United States. Ronaldo can walk down the 16th Street Mall, and half the people wouldn't know who he is unless he had Ronaldo on the back of his jersey. I'm talking globally. Muhammad Ali recognized worldwide. I know that Jackie Robinson is, and I get it. Muhammad Ali was. Tiger Woods, what he did for golf on so many levels, besides the fact that he was black in a white man's sport, but he dominated golf like Michael Jordan never. Michael Jordan never, ever, 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 ever dominated basketball like Tiger Woods dominated golf. And it's not close. It's not close. It's not close. First of all, Michael Jordan needed teammates. And when Michael Jordan didn't have Scottie Pippen, he couldn't do anything. Yeah, he scored a lot of points, but so did Dominique Wilkins. Dominique Wilkins didn't win a lot of titles. And yes, Scottie Pippen was there, but you could have you could have had another number two player and Michael Jordan still would have won championships. Well, you have to, in my opinion, watching the Bulls growing up, you needed Scottie Pippen. We can go back and forth. Yeah. Jordan, my, I, I'm putting Jordan on the Mount Rushmore instead of, instead of Woods. Yeah, to, to me, yeah. I would put Tiger Woods because of the way he influenced the game. He shaped television ratings just like Michael Jordan did. I'm with you on that. Yeah. I'm with you on that. But more black kids did not pick up basketballs because Michael Jordan played. But more black kids did pick up golf clubs because of tiger woods he started an entire generation of golf and you even have white kids saying i started playing because of tiger woods michael jordan is one of the greatest basketball players of all time but i'm sorry magic johnson came before him and he started the nba craze with larry bird that's why he started they 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 started started together michael jordan took it to a whole no other level entirely. I understand how great Michael Jordan is and his influence specifically when it comes to financially and the globalization of the NBA. I am with you there. Michael Jordan was must-watch TV, but eventually he kind of got tired of him. No, I didn't. No Speak one, for yourself there. No, people got tired of him winning all the time. They did. People got tired of Tiger Woods after a while no, too, they, and, and then he no, and, then, and then he left the scene, and then they realized how much they missed him. Which is why when he had the comeback win at Augusta, the ratings were stratospheric. Uh, 
Type. Absence had made the hearts grow fonder at that point. People people realized what they had missed. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it? Well, Absence certainly made Nuggets fans' hearts grow stronger as uh, they welcomed Nikola Jokic back to the court last night. We'll talk about that game in Miami and also some college football leftovers as it is the week after Thanksgiving. It is all about leftovers from the weekend that we didn't get to yesterday. So more college football talk and the Denver Nuggets on the other side right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. You know what? When you have a parking lot, you need to have a bunch of cars. And if you have a bunch of cars and you need to upfit your car... You go to Colorado Off-Road. With that, welcome back to the show, everybody. Love telling you about Colorado Off-Road because they are a local company. They install everything that you want. They're not like the big chains. Uh, You need something aftermarket, they're going to take care of it for you. They are Colorado-grown, Colorado-owned. That's Colorado Off-Road. With that, I want to bring in the guy who started Colorado Off-Road, my man Jerry. How are you, my friend? Great, Eric. How are you tonight? Uh, I am outstanding. Listen, it does not feel like winter. It doesn't feel like Christmas is coming. Uh, It doesn't feel like there's going to be slush on the ground anytime soon, but it is. And what do people need to do to make sure they are ready for winter, especially with the holidays coming up and people are buying gifts? Yep, the holiday is a great time to buy gifts, whether it's for your wife. Believe it or not, we have a lot of female customers your husband. It all depends what they're looking for. We've got great variety for all of them, whether it's floor mats, which is great if you have kids or your wife doesn't want to get her carpet dirty in that great SUV she bought, or you're trying to keep the inside of your truck clean. Um, You always want those floor mats. They're a great option. They're not super expensive, and it's a great gift. The other way, if you're trying to keep the outside clean, you don't want that splash back up on your running boards that you have, you know, whether they're factory or you call us for running boards. You can always get a great set of floor mat or uh, mud flaps in there. You know, those mud flaps are excellent for keeping that slush off the side. Hopefully we never have a lot of that slush, even though we need the moisture. We'll take the rain. We just don't want the slush. So those are two really good options. The other way, if your husband is greasy, dirty, works in the field, and you want to keep his interior clean, now is the time to order a set of seat covers. Remember, with all the shipping and all the manufacturers um, slow to respond, now is the time to get those products on order. So it's very important, if you want that stuff in for the holidays, to get an order now. Everybody wants a deal, Jerry. What kind of deals do you have going on? Well, we're going to be starting off um, the first week of December. We're going to be pulling in some um, deals coming up. 
The best way to look for those, we'll be posting those deals on our um, Facebook page for everybody. So keep an eye for that. Always go to our Facebook page, get that, um, and then you'll see the deals. Like over the um, last week at uh, Thanksgiving, we had deals coming in for manufacturers, and sometimes we don't find out about this stuff until a day or two before they release them to us. Um, like if you ordered a Retrax bed cover, um, a week ago, they had a $200 rebate you could have gotten in the mail had you ordered it up through today for certain covers. Some are $50 off, some are $60 off, plus we're going to have some specials on some install stuff going on where if you come down and get a bed cover ordered, um, we'll give you an additional $50 wow. off of a bed cover. Uh, uh, maybe you want um, some seat covers. Maybe we'll give you half price install, but you got to look for that on our Facebook page and say you saw it on Eric Goodman's show or mm. on our Facebook. Wow. Uh, by the way, uh, those big box stores, they love to install things, don't they? Oh, yeah. They really like to install <laughs> things. No, they send them to yeah, us. Right, right. <laughs> so and we don't know how to do that. Then why are you selling it? Right. <laughs> and by the way, aftermarket, those big box stores, they love to sell things that, that are not brand new, right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and you guys have tons of experience helping people get what they want. You help them upfit. You're going to give them great deals over the holidays. You have what everybody needs, and you have a new space uh, just, uh, what is it, just south of uh, downtown Littleton. I love the fact that you are a Littleton guy. You've had a couple of locations, but you've kept your business in Littleton, and that city should be proud of the work that you do keeping that business in Littleton. How do people find you, Jerry? Uh, several ways to find us. Always on our Facebook page at Colorado Off-Road. Um, of course, you can get us online at cooffroad.com. Or you can always give us a call at 303-761-1264. We're on Prince Street, just three blocks south of downtown Littleton. Jerry, tell Wendy I say hello. I will. Take care, Eric. See you, pal. All right. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfields has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two-for-one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, some uh, coaching news right here in the state of Colorado over the weekend as CU and Carl Durrell have decided to move on from offensive coordinator Darren Cheverini, who was a coach with the Buffs for the last six years, the offensive coordinator for the last two. And then up the road in Fort Collins, Steve Adazio ejected in the first half of the Nevada at CSU game in front of a very sparse crowd of Rams supporters. Did Adazio sign his own pink slip with his behavior? And do you have any names that pop into mind for the offensive coordinator position at Colorado? Not any names. Honestly, I've not given CU's OC position any thought. So. You haven't? No, I haven't. You're not making phone calls trying to dig that up? No, I haven't. Okay. I'm sorry. See, the CSU is actually more interesting right now because... Um, Thursday is the key day on that because Thursday is when Steve Adazio's buyout drops from 
$5 million or $3 million. The buyout a year from now is $1.5 million. So if they're going to make a move on Adazio, it would not happen until Thursday. If they don't make a move then, he's safe for another year. But um, you look at all those empty seats, all those unsold tickets, and uh, it may be a question of not whether CSU can afford to buy him out, but whether it can afford not to. Uh, the, the phrase state-sponsored radio has been thrown out there a lot when it comes to the Broncos, which, quite frankly, is aggravating to me. I don't want to be accused of state-sponsored radio here because we run CSU football. It's become an embarrassment up in Fort Collins. I'll just kind of leave it at that. As far as what's going on at CU, this was in the works with Darren Cheverini. He was never going to be promoted as the head coach. There are a lot of things that I can say on air, things that I know, but I'm not going to. It was time for them to find a new offensive coordinator. I'll just kind of leave it at that. And almost everybody up there in Boulder knew it. But it, the was, same, it was time. At the same time, how difficult is it going to be for them to get somebody of quality, given that effectively Carl Durrell could be coaching for his job next year? Well, they'll have to find somebody. They'll find somebody, yeah, yeah. But they're not. But that's not going to be the most coveted OC job in the country. No, but anything close, and not even close. But you know what? It'll be a job. And some guy's looking for a job. Maybe he gets his break. Maybe he gets pulled out of I don't know Fresno State, or maybe he gets pulled out of uh, a directional school. And maybe he gets his shot. And maybe this guy turns the uh, the offense around. And you know what? If he does. Darrell might wind up keeping his job. And if Darrell doesn't keep his job and the defense is bad and the offense is good because of this guy, maybe this guy gets promoted to be the head coach. So there's always opportunity there. You just have to be good at what you do and you have to have results. Right? Yeah. But to your point, you're absolutely right. Who wants to take a job with somebody who could be a lame duck coach? I'm totally with you on that. That was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk in any store. You can try out the appliances before you buy them. Uh, also, their sales staff, super experienced. Uh, if you have questions, they're going to give you the answers you need to upfit your kitchen. They're going to give you the answers you need if you need to uh, get something to fit your budget. Mandy just got a washer there. She couldn't be any happier. My family goes there. Your family should go there. Go to Mountain High Appliance. You can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, it'll be if the Broncos beat the Chiefs on Sunday night, dot, dot, dot. Is Broncos country going to be on board? Is Fangio safe? Shermer safe? Bridgewater the guy for next year? Or if they lose, is the baby going to be thrown out with the bathwater? That's next. That's next.